Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome to another edition of Perspectives on Healthcare. Today's perspective comes from Adam Martin. He is the fit pharmacist. He is from right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, Adam, he is, sorry, Adam is a millennial and happy to have him here. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me, sir. It's a, it's an honor to be with a, a fellow healthcare purveyor. <laughs> Not a problem at all. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your role in healthcare, please. Absolutely. So uh, I actually fell into healthcare uh, from having my dreams shattered. <laughs> oh boy! So back in the day when I knew everything there was to know about life, I had everything figured out. I decided that I was going to be a vet because a vet meant you got to play with puppies and get paid for it, right? So with my 20 years of uh, quote knowledge, I went to shadow at a vet hospital because I had the wisdom uh, from someone else to experience or take a test drive by mentoring a, a interest that you have in, in your field. So I went and volunteered at a vet hospital and very quickly I learned that's not what it was. <laughs> and that's also not what I wanted to do. Um, so right around that time, I was about to graduate high school and I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I knew that I was good at math. I liked science and that was literally all I had to go on. So around that time, uh, my mom had turned 50, and at that time, you have a routine colonoscopy. Well, she went in, and she never came back because they caught uh, stage four colon cancer, and I didn't know it at the time, but she was given less than six months to live, and uh, that definitely rattled my world. And a uh, little insight on my background, I, I don't have any like healthcare people in my family no like family friends, no neighbors, nothing. So going through all of those surgeries, she was in the hospital for quite a long time, extensive surgeries, because uh, it the cancer had metastasized and it, it wasn't uh, an easy picture. So with that, we were in the pharmacy most days of the week to get her medication and, and make sure that we could you know help her to recover as, as well as possible. So that caught my attention because again, I don't know any pharmacists, no one in healthcare. So I see these people in white coats, and all I know is that they're really smart and really busy. But what I see is that they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off, but they're stopping for me and my family, total strangers, and they're giving actual care like as human beings, mm. asking things like, how's your mom doing? You guys don't live that far. Do you need us to drop anything off? Just like really a, a genuine sense of kindness and again, the timing was perfect and it caught my attention. And I was like, this is the field. This is the career that I want to get into. So I, literally that's all I knew about pharmacy. That's it. So it was uh, divine timing, faith, whatever you want to call it. That's what led me into pharmacy. Um, and that's that's how that journey began. It's so interesting because I, I feel like there are a lot of people who get into a field because they've got a personal connection to it. Okay, so yes. your story very powerful, and I, I'm sorry for your loss with your mom. Um, Thank you. But at the same time, it 
opens you up to a whole new world where you've got a personal connection and you're seeing more than more than just a pharmacist in a white coat. You're seeing this person who is taking an interest in you and your family and they become part of your life and you realize the value that they have. I, that's a that's such a powerful story and a very powerful understanding that uh, the story is that um, a lot of the work that's been done around disabilities from a federal level started during the Kennedy administration and it was because he had a sister who had um, a developmental yes. disability and it was personal to him and that was what prompted him to be passionate about it. So I, it's such an interesting thing. So tell me a little bit about then where you are today, your brand of the fit pharmacist. How did you develop that? And what is that? Absolutely. So, so thank you very much for those kind words. And, and that's actually true. It, it's the connection and the potential of that, that really makes the difference. And, and I could have said, and at that time that, that led me to a, a lot of different directions in life. And I, I think when you come to a bridge like that, whether it's a, a disability, a diagnosis, or not getting news that you want to hear. You have a choice. And the choice is you can either look at that and say, why did this happen to me? Or you can say, how did this happen for me? And luckily, I was blessed to have a mother who asked the latter. And instead of succumbing to the six-month diagnosis, she ended up fighting for over five years. And that taught me a lot of invaluable lessons, uh, resilience and persistence being one of them. Because with this uh, altruistic reason to get into healthcare, I had a clear reason. I had a great why. So I applied with all the right intentions, but I got rejected to even getting into pharmacy school. Mm. I was told it's too competitive. You should consider other options. So I had a choice to make. What, like, why did this happen to me or how did this happen for me? And I took a dose of humble pie and I got resilient. I learned and modeled my mentor, my mother, who was literally fighting for her life to fight for the future of mine. So I took that and I put it into practice and I said, what can I do? How did this happen for me? How can I improve? How can I get innovative? How can I make this vision come into my reality? So I ended up reapplying the next year, being the last person to get into my class, and I was not wasting the opportunity. I became president of my class. Uh, I ended up graduating. The, the dean actually named me the most, uh, inf the most likely pharmacist to innovate the profession and gave me a $10,000 scholarship, which blew my mind um, because I was like, wait a minute. First, you said you're not in. Now you're just saying this, like, what's the deal? <laughs> but it was all about the intention and what I choose to do with what was in front of me. Now, through that journey, uh, so pharmacy school is four years once you get in. Some schools are six years. Uh, Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, where I went to, is four in the professional school. Through that time, I developed and created mental toughness. I was battling depression, and I had to do something about it, and I was trying to make something out of my life. So I got really into fitness right around when I graduated high school is when I got bit by the iron bug. And I started to realize something in college that if you did what you were supposed to, went to bed, eat well, all that stuff, you surprisingly got focused and did better in school. What a concept, right? And also your workouts would improve and you'd get stronger. But if you did what no one does, partying, sleeping, you know, staying out late, doing all that stuff, 
then you would suffer, your, your focus would suffer, and so would your workouts. So I realized the symbiotic relationship between fitness and pharmacy of being something that was my bedrock to get me through that process. Because when I got in, I was like, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen? So I, I said, how can I make the most of this? How can I really be intentional with my time so that I get the most out of this so that I can be the person that I know I'm capable of becoming? And to be honest, I didn't tell anyone that I got rejected to pharmacy school like the whole time I was there. And so after I graduated, I, it, I don't remember, it came out in conversation somehow, and the person did a double take and said, no way, that's badass. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't want to tell anyone. And they're like, you, you're telling me you did all this and you rejected the first time? And I was like, yeah, why? And they're like, dude, that's so inspiring. And I thought, hmm. So then I started asking around, and there were so many people who faced setback after failure, after all this adversity, but they didn't share it because they had the sense of shame or I'm not mm -hmm. worthy or imposter syndrome, all these types of things. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do something about this. So I started to share on social media how I did what I did. And being like a fit pharmacist, that's where the name came from, uh, it started on Instagram. My friend said, hey, you need to make an Instagram account. And I was like, what's that? I'm like, well, you need to pick a name that represents who you are, what you're about. So I was like, well, I like fitness. I'm in pharmacy. I'll become the fit pharmacist. So that's literally where the business started. And I started to – like my common sense of healthcare was if you're practicing healthcare and telling people to get healthier, you darn well better be leading by example and living that life. That was just common sense. And when I graduated, I cons consistently did that. And at the time, I, I, you know, I had a rough schedule. I'd worked 14-hour shifts. I lived an hour away. So that was a 16-hour day, no lunch breaks, on my feet the whole time. But I was committed, and I just found a way. Well, after a time, I started to go to conferences and meet people in pharmacy, and I started to meet people who were burned out, gaining weight, stressed out, negative attitude, all this stuff. I'm like, what's going on? Like, you guys were the cream of the crop. Like, I looked up to you in school. What happened? And they said, well, there's just no way I can't eat healthy. I don't have time to work out. There's no possible way. So I started to say, like, well, let me come up with some solutions that are practical and effective. So I started to share that, and it started to work. So then I started to share those on social media, and I started to build a platform. At the time, I had, I don't know, a 1,000 followers or whatnot. And then people started to say, like, wow, you're growing something. Like, how do I do that? I'm like, well, how about this? You tell me how you define fitness. Mm. I'll share your story. And because I'm a dork and I like alliteration, I'll, I'll make it a short blog and I'll call it Fit Pharmacist Friday. So that launched a four-year campaign. Of sh I did over 200 pharmacists in 12 countries, I think, and students sharing. And I grew into, I think now I'm over 35,000 followers on Instagram. But I use it as a platform to give people a voice who feel voiceless, to show people how you can practically overcome adversity and turn your burdens into blessings so that you can then go and inspire other people to not say why did this happen to me but how did this happen for me and that is both for your colleagues but also for your patients because you have an incredible opportunity with the people that come into your pharmacy your hospital wherever you're working to not just give medication not just to be a quote dope dealer but to become what i call a hope dealer to have an impact with someone and go beyond medication. Yes, medication is important. That's the bedrock of being a pharmacist. 
but you are at a perfectly positioned time with someone who is likely feeling hopeless, overwhelmed, angry, and down on their luck and just so confused and frustrated with life. They are People don't come in the pharmacy to give you a high five and say health is grand. They, their wife just got hit by a car. Their neighbor got died. They just got diagnosed with diabetes, and they're freaking out. So you are perfectly positioned to have a genuine conversation, not as a pharmacist, but as a human being, to dispense and become a hope dealer. And if you set the intention to treat every single person like that, and, and we're not perfect. We get stressed out and tired and all that. But if you set the intention and ask yourself, how can I show up? To dispense this kind of interaction, the quality of your life will never be the same, and it comes from the intention you set, and your intention comes from your focus, and your focus is directed by the question you choose to ask. And it comes down to a real simple concept that I really want people to hear. The quality of questions you ask will determine the quality of life you live because everything stems back to questions. That's what a thought is. A thought, how your brain works, your brain is a collection of thoughts. That's how it works. A thought is simply a question followed by an answer. So if you can direct the questions, the answers, the actions, the outcomes of your life literally will be directed by the questions you ask. And that's how I went from being, you're not getting into pharmacy school, to being named the most influential pharmacist in the world, which came out a couple years ago. And I don't say that to impress you, but to impress upon you how powerful this simple little shift is and how many lives you can impact when you set the stage with being intentional. Got it. Well, you've kind of, you and I are doing similar things in trying to find out what's going on in other people's lives and what their thoughts are. So that leads us right into the next question. And we are well over halfway done with our interview and I've got five more questions. So we've got to Let's move, go. move through these quickly. What does quality healthcare mean to you? Quality healthcare, it's very simple. You've got to show up with intention. You've got to show up with intention and not just go through the motions. And that requires mental toughness because you are pulled in so many different directions. Stress is all around you. And it's not to say I can't do my job because of the stress. It's to say, how can I manage stress? How can I manage my mindset so that stress doesn't overcome and rule the direction that I go? So it's how can I show up intentionally and own my space so that I'm not directed by the environment, by the other things that are pulling at my attention. So it's being intentional with how you choose to show up. Got it. Can you give me an example of quality healthcare? Absolutely. Let's look at a leader. Pick any leader. And all of us have had both leaders that uh, leave, let, we'll say, leave things to be desired. And we also have leaders where like, wow, that's someone I want to follow. And you ask yourself, what about them specifically makes them someone that you want to follow? The best leader you've ever experienced in your life likely was because during a really difficult time, they were someone you could turn to. They were the calm in the storm. And that is really what it is. Leaders are hired to make difficult decisions. Difficult decisions come in adversity. And I think the best example of this was the pandemic and COVID. We saw people in leadership positions that ran away and scurried, but we also saw people who were in the woodwork 
that could not stand by anymore. And they stood up and became a leader because of the call that was needed. So it's how do you handle yourself under pressure to direct people and guide them and lead them in that quality under pressure. Got it. What do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? Pharmacists do more than count pills. It's true. (laughs) We don't just count by fives. We're very accessible and we have so much knowledge and passion and connection, not just with our patients, but with other healthcare providers. So we're kind of like a great reference point. And I'm honored to have this connection with my patients. They come in and they say, hey, Uh, I have this nerve pain in my back. Where do I go? Refer them to a chiropractor. Like if you know, and and this is my huge play and passion with interprofessional collaboration, which is working with other healthcare providers. If you know your colleagues and what's out there is options and you have a relationship with your patient, you can be a perfect catalyst to direct them and coordinate them to get the optimal care from the person perfectly positioned to help them in their need. Yeah. And that's actually part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I wanted medical professionals to hear from their colleagues about what they do so that they would be a little bit more plugged in and say, you know what? I have a patient that was just talking about this thing. Maybe I can make this referral. Maybe I can make this connection. So fantastic. What excites you about the future of healthcare? The opportunity. And again, you could say healthcare and we get into politics and anger and fights and all this. And and yeah, there's a lot to be desired to change in healthcare. And while we can say this is all that's wrong, here's the reality. With everything in life, whether it's good, bad, however you want to paint it, there is always both something wrong and something right. There is always both something good and something, quote, bad. What you get is what you choose to focus on. So if there is adversity, if there is a problem that you're facing in healthcare that makes you roll your eyes and talk about in the lunchroom so you feel real inspired, perhaps you can say, how can I be a part of the change? How can I make this what I want it to be? Because the change ain't going to come from someone else. It's not going to – no one's coming to save you. You have to step up and become the change that you wish to see. And going back to an earlier point, that's why mental toughness is so essential so that you can steward the storms that you will face in your career. Got it. Last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Very simply, take ownership of their own lives. Lead by example. What do you want to see? Here, here, here it is right here. This is a very humbling question, so I'm not saying this to like point fingers at anyone. I literally ask myself this on a daily basis. What do I want to see change? If I had the ideal job, what would it look like? If I had the ideal boss, the ideal employee, the ideal work environment, what would it look like? And literally write out specifically what you want to see. Then you ask yourself this question, how can I become that? Whatever you want to attract, whatever you want to get, become it. And that is literally how it works. It's very humbling. It takes a lot. Like when we say that, we get real quiet because there's a lot of work to be done for everybody. No one's perfect. But focus not on perfection. Focus on progression because if whatever your your role is in healthcare, whatever you define as success, 
if you boil it down to simplicity, all of us want to be happy. That's really what we want. Now, happiness is very simple. Happiness is progress. So if you're making progress, you're going to feel happy. Look at any area of your life. You've got multiple areas. There's one area that you're really dissatisfied about, but then there's another area that you're real like it's just automatic. It feels effortless because if you look at the area you're happy in, you're consistently making progress. If you look at the area where you're feeling struggling in or you're really upset with, it's because you haven't felt progress in a very long time. So how can you step up in your profession, in your role, wherever you are, even if you're an intern or a student and you quote, aren't qualified, how can you qualify yourself? How can you step up and become the change you wish to see? A simple question, but simple doesn't mean easy. Yeah, and listen, I think it's a very important a very important point to make and something to think about. I'm a product of the 80s, and it was I think it was probably the late 80s, and Michael Jackson had the uh, song about the man in the mirror, right? And that's um, where that's where change has to start. It starts with me. Listen, Adam Martin, thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, and I respect your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.